The enemy, defeated in two days of battle at Pittsburgh Landing, had sullenly retired to Corinth, whence he had come. For manifest incompetence, Grant, whose beaten army had been saved from destruction and capture by Buell's soldierly activity and skill, had been relieved of his command, which, nevertheless, had not been given to Buell but to Halleck, a man of unproved powers, a theorist, sluggish, irresolute, foot by foot his troops, always deployed in line of battle to resist the enemy's bickering skirmishers, always entrenching against the columns that never came, advanced across the thirty miles of forest and swamp toward an antagonist prepared to vanish at contact, like a ghost at cockcrow. It was a campaign of this Excursions and alarms, of reconnaissances and countermarches, of cross-purposes and countermanded orders. For weeks the solemn farce held attention, luring distinguished civilians from fields of political ambition to see what they safely could of the horrors of war. Among these was our friend the governor. At the headquarters of the army and in the camps of the troops from his state he was a familiar figure attended by the several members of his personal staff, showily forced, faultlessly betailored, and bravely silk-hatted. Things of charm they were, rich in suggestions of peaceful lands beyond the sea of strife. The bedraggled soldier looked up from his trench as they passed, leaned upon his spade, and audibly damned them to signify his sense of their ornamental irrelevance to the austerities of his trade. I think, Governor, said General Masterson one day, going into informal session atop of his horse and throwing one leg across the pommel of his saddle, his favorite posture, I think I would not ride any further in that direction if I were you. We've nothing out there but a line of skirmishers. That, I presume, is why I was directed to put these siege guns here. If the skirmishers are driven in, the enemy will die of dejection at being unable to haul them away. They're a trifle heavy. There is reason to fear that the unrestrained quality of this military humor dropped not as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath the civilian silk hat. Anyhow, he abated none of his dignity and recognition. I understand, he said gravely that some of my men are out there, a company of the Tenth, commanded by Captain Armistead. I should like to meet him, if you do not mind. He is worth meeting, but there's a bad bit of jungle out there, and I should advise that you leave your horse, and, with a look at the governor's retinue, your impedimenta. The governor went forward alone and on foot. In a half-hour, he had pushed through a tangled undergrowth covering a boggy soil and entered upon firm and more open ground. There he found a half-company of infantry lounging behind a line of stacked rifles. The men wore their accoutrements, their belts, cartridge boxes, haversacks, and canteens. Some, lying at full length on their dry leaves, were fast asleep. Others in small groups gossiped idly of this and that. A few played at cards. None was far from the line of stacked arms. To the civilian's eye, the scene was one of carelessness, confusion, indifference. A soldier would have observed expectancy and readiness. 
At a little distance apart, an officer in fatigue uniform, armed, sat on a fallen tree, noting the approach of the visitor to whom a sergeant right.